Open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 2. I hope that you all have had a wonderful Christmas so far, and it's I love it when Christmas Day falls on Sunday. What better day to come together and worship the Lord and remember His birth. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Lord, thank you so much for coming. We don't deserve it. Mankind certainly doesn't deserve your presence. And yet you came, and more than that, you came and you became one of us. While still God, you became one of us and you lived a sinless life and died on the cross for us. Thank you so much for coming. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when Jesus Christ came, he came for a specific purpose. And isn't it wonderful that he came? I, I, tell you, I just love, I absolutely love Christmas time. And I love all the trappings, I love the poinsettias, I love everything about it. And yet, it seems that Christmas, if you watch a Christmas, a Christmas special on television, it is about, you know, uh, someone finds love. They, they fall into a snowbank together and they find love and it's happily ever after, right? I mean, that's, that's a Christmas story. And every Lifetime movie at Christmas time 
is about that. Now, I wouldn't know that because I'd rather, you know, have an ice pick stuck through my eye than watch one of those Lifetime Christmas movies. But from what I understand, Jacob tells me that they are all about situations like that. And, you know, that's not what Christmas is at all. Do you know what Christmas is? It's not this general Christianized or or this general goodwill attitude that people talk about. Christmas is when God got specific. It's, it's not about a feel, these good feelings. Now, aren't you glad for the good feelings that come at Christmas? I love it. I'm going to have some good feeling. Laura's making Italian sausage and angel hair pasta, and it's so good you don't know whether to eat it or rub it all over you. Okay, so I'm going to feel really good here in a little while as I'm eating that. But that's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is when God got specific. It's not these general ideas of love and just goodness and all of those things. He came because the world was in sin and that men were separated from God by their sin. At Christmas time, God got specific. And the first thing that He did was He showed us His love. And we all know the verse. Let's say it together, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God got specific at Christmas time. He gave us His Son. And the, the specificity of that Son is such that without Him man could not be saved. The Bible says there's salvation in none other name. Only through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ are we able to be saved. He came. That specific love that He gave us, it is so wonderful. You know, sometimes today, because there are so many skeptics in the world and we have these new atheists, Christopher Hitchens and others, of course, he believes in God now. He died about two years ago. And what you have is this idea of, you know, this awful God. You know, they, they paint a caricature of God that is not in the Bible. And I've had people paint that God to me, this awful God. And I tell them, I'm an atheist about that God too. I believe in the God of the Bible. And the God of the Bible is a God of grace and a God of mercy. He is a God of judgment. But it's judgment that's deserved based on His righteousness, based on absolute right and wrong and absolute truth. And that God who is absolutely righteous and absolutely holy and absolutely just, what He did was He entered into His creation so that we could be saved. You see, at Christmas time, it's more than just a celebration of a holiday. It's the time when God came and He got specific. This is such a wonderful time because Jesus Christ became specific. He came and He showed us His love. So first of all, He showed us His love, and there's no doubt about that. The Bible says, But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So He became specific. He showed us His love. And not only did He do that, God made a specific choice at Christmas. You see, God could have... God could have done so many different things, including starting over, right? Because none of us deserve to be saved. But instead, He chose to become one of us. He chose to be like us. I love the passage in Philippians where it says that, "...who, being in the form of God," that's Jesus Christ, "...thought it not robbery to be equal with God." 
but made himself of no reputation. And then you know what the passage says? And being found in fashion as a man. If you had seen Jesus walking down the street, you would have just thought he was another guy. Can you imagine the God of the universe? Look at our text. Look at what happened when Jesus Christ came. This is what he deserves. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, when I picture this heavenly host, it's not a hundred-voice choir. I mean, it's millions and millions of the heavenly host. Can you imagine what that sounded like? You see, that's what Jesus Christ deserves. And yet he was found in fashion as a man, and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. So at Christmas, God got specific in His love, but God got specific in a choice. And He chose to die for you and for me. And if we were the only ones who had ever lived, Jesus Christ would have come for us. You see, it's not this this ethereal, pie-in-the-sky idea. God became real. He became man. He became flesh and bones for us. What an amazing thing. At Christmas time, he gets real. There was a a pastor talking to another pastor, and he said, you know, I feel like, here, I'll just read what he said. Uh, He told me at one time that when he had looked out over his congregation, he said, I get the feeling sometimes as they sit there staring at me that someone is about ready to stand up and make a motion. I move that we receive the information and be dismissed. How many of you know people that just want to get church over with? Right? We just want to get it over with. This will be a sign unto you. I receive the information. Let's be dismissed. Jesus Christ became a man. I move that we receive the information and be dismissed. You see, at some point, that information, it has to become personal. How many of you know that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world? How many of you know that? Right? That's general information. It needs to become specific. How many of you know that He's your Savior? You see, that's where everything changes. Everything changes when He becomes our Savior. Then, not only did God get specific about His love, did God get specific about His choice, but God got specific. This is so cool. God got specific about His promise. You see, God had promised David that the Messiah would come through him. And notice what it says in Luke chapter 2. Verse 4, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of who? David, which is called Bethlehem, because he he was of the house and lineage of David. You see, God keeps His promises. God keeps His promises. You know, the people have stopped looking for the Messiah. That's why John the Baptist came. And he came preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And he said, hey, there's one that's coming after me. There's one, and I'm not even worthy to loose his shoe from off of his foot. That's who's coming after me. Look for the Messiah. He's coming. He's coming. And then according to John chapter 1, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to be called the sons of God. What did Jesus Christ do? He kept his promise. See, God got specific. Jesus Christ is the promise. He's the promised Messiah. He's the promised Savior. He's the promised Redeemer. And let me tell you something else. The promise that He came the first time is the assurance that He's coming a second time. You see, Jesus Christ came the first time as our Savior. The second time He's coming as judge. The Bible says in in that passage in Philippians, Wherefore God hath also highly exalted Him and given Him a name that's above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord to the glory of the Father, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. You see, the simple fact of the matter is, the promise of Scripture is that the Messiah would come. He did come. The promise of Scripture is that He would take away our sins. He has kept that promise, hasn't he? Aren't you glad Jesus Christ has taken away your sins? If he hasn't taken away your sins, if you've not placed your faith and trust in him alone, you are still in your sin. You're still in your sin. The Bible says in John chapter 3, we looked at it last week, Christ didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. Right? If you believe on him, you're not condemned. If you don't believe in him, you're condemned already because you've not believed in the only begotten Son of God. John 3, 18. The Bible's very clear on that. Jesus Christ keeps his promise. He came the first time. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He promised that he would do that. You see, the promise got specific. And the fact that he came the first time is the promise that he is coming back the second time. And we're all going to bow. We can bow willingly or we can bow unwillingly. We're all going to bow. And some might say, I wouldn't worship a God that would require me to bow. Do you know what worship is? It's the involuntary response to greatness. When you see him, you will want to bow. But it will be too late. Choose now. It's the promise. It's the promise. God got specific. He got specific in his love. He got specific in his choice. He got specific in his promise. But you need to know something. God is also very specific about our response. He's very specific about our response. You see, again, it's not these mystical, happy feelings at Christmas time. All of those are peripheral. The reason that we can have joy at Christmas is because Jesus Christ has come into the world. At some point, he has to become our Savior. Clovis Chappelle tells this story. One of the shepherds who heard the proclamation of the angels about the birth of Jesus but did not go to Bethlehem to see for himself. Decades later, as he held his grandson on his knee, he told the child the stirring story about Jesus and the angels. Is that all the boy asked? What did you do when you heard the good news? Was it true? Was Christ really born? The old man replied with some sadness, I never knew. Some say it was true. Some say it was only a dream. I didn't take the trouble to go and see. Christmas didn't just happen 2,000 years ago. It happened when Jesus Christ becomes real to us. You see, Christmas requires a choice. It requires belief in that Savior who came or rejection of that Savior who came. I hope that you receive Him. I hope that you have received Him. Now, the song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. How many of you ever heard that song, Go Tell It on the Mountain? How many of you have heard people sing that you wish would not go tell it on the mountain? Right? <laughs> if you have seen Jesus and believed, let Christmas be celebrated through you. Not just at this time of year, but all the time. All the time. You know, we talk about this at Easter. We, we love Easter at Grace Baptist, but that's what we do every Sunday. 
We gather together every Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? We don't need a special day to remember that. And we don't need a special day to remember the birth of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is alive, He is in us, He is working through us, and He's coming back for us. We as believers, Christmas is the time when we can tell the whole world and they'll listen. So some of you are going to get together with family members today who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Man, don't get hung up about, you know, the, the marshmallows being burned on the sweet potatoes. Don't get hung up about that stuff. Some of you ladies, you're already so stressed out about the meal that's going to happen that you're thinking, Christmas, what? Oh, oh we're at church? <laughs> Any idea what's going on? Your heads are going to explode. Listen, the most important thing that we remember right now is not the food that's about to happen or the gifts that we're going to open or ha we have opened. The most important thing is that Jesus Christ has come. You see, at Christmas time, God got specific. Got specific about His love. He got specific about His choice. He got specific about what we are to do. Got specific about His promise. Got specific about our response. How have you responded? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life? If you never have, this could be the most amazing Christmas that you've ever experienced. Amen? And if you haven't and refuse to, you'll remember this day throughout all eternity. The most important thing is your response to the gift that Jesus Christ gave of Himself. Amen? Let's all stand together. Lord, thank You so much for coming.